the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, November the 11th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today is Veterans Day. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that in a few moments. But on November 11th, 1918, fighting in World War I ended, Allies in Germany signed an armistice. Important day in history. As I said, we'll come back to that in a moment. Today in 1620, the pilgrims, 41 pilgrims, but 102 people, aboard the Mayflower, anchored off Massachusetts, they signed a compact calling for a body politic. We know it as the Mayflower Compact. I'd like to talk to you. Just let me give you a brief background on that. I think it would be interesting to you. It certainly is to me. The the Mayflower Compact was the first um, the first book of rules, so to speak, for social contract in the United States. 102 passengers on the Mayflower. The Mayflower had intended to land and put down anchor in Virginia. In fact, they had signed an agreement before coming with the people in Virginia to uh, some some of the leadership to uh, live under a certain set of laws and a certain contract. And the main thing that the Puritans wanted, the 41 Puritans that were on board, the thing they wanted was religious freedom. There were others on board that had other reasons for coming. But the Puritans wanted to be able to have freedom of religion and separate themselves, at least in that way, from the Church of England. So what they did was they signed this agreement. But when the boat, when the winds, there were horrible storms as they were crossing the Atlantic, and the winds blew them way off course, and they ended up in Massachusetts, and thus Cape Cod and Plymouth Rock and so on. So once they got there, they put the anchor down, and uh, uh, they they started arguing before they were even off the boat. It's well documented. William Bradford wrote a lot about that in his journal. His journal was very extensive, and it's it's on record. I mean, it, we have copies of it and, and and what was said and what he wrote down and so on. So they were fighting among one another over who was going to be able to do this and that and so on. So realizing the peril, if they were fighting before they got off the boat, what was going to happen when they got on shore? And so the leadership in in the boat, Miles Standish, was very uh, instrumental in bringing this together. And what what he did was say, "Man, we got to have some rules here that everybody agrees to live by," and that is what the Mayflower Compact is about. It was very simple. It was basically four divisions or four parts to it. It wasn't very long, but it, the four parts were the colonists would remain loyal subjects to King James despite their need for self-governance. Uh, number two, the colonists would create and enact laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices for the good of the colony, and, and everyone agreed to abide by those laws. 
Number three was the colonists would create one society and work together to further it. In other words, kind of a common cause situation for their own survival. And the fourth part of this Mayflower Compact was that the colonists would live in accordance with the Christian faith. So when somebody tells you America wasn't wasn't really founded on Christian faith, I mean, that is so wrong and it's so far wrong that it's pathetic. I mean, from the very beginning, they agreed, and not all of them on board the Mayflower were Christians, but they agreed to live according to the Christian faith, the cultural values that they would enact in this new colony, in the new world, according to the Mayflower Compact, would be in accordance with the Christian faith. I mean, it's 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 just the way it was. It was not that part was not even argued. So the 102 passengers put down the anchor. They came finally came on shore after they had agreed to agree and not disagree, and uh, that was. Kind of the birth or part of the birth of America. It's a very interesting story. There's much more to it than that, but it's a very, very interesting story. Today in 1921, the remains of an unidentified American service member were interred in a tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. It was a seminary that was a ceremony that was presided over by President Warren G. Hardy. Today in 1938, Irish-born cook Mary Mallon, you may have heard her name. She had gained notoriety as the disease-carrying Typhoid Mary. Um, not, not a good uh, way to be known, but nonetheless, she was blamed for the deaths of three people. And uh, she died today in 1938 on the North Brother Island in New York's East River. She was 69 years old. Here's the story, though. She had spent 23 years of mandatory quarantine because she had typhoid fever. Today, in 1992, the Church of England voted to ordain women as priests. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama laid a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns, as it is now known, at Arlington National Cemetery, and said the September 11 generation had, quote, written one of the greatest chapters in the, in the country's military service, toppling a dictator battling an insurgency in Iraq, pushing back the Taliban in Afghanistan, and decimating al-Qaeda's leadership. That's some of the things that has happened on this day, but one of the more important things that I wanted to talk about today is the fact that today is Veterans Day, a day to remember the living and the dead who have served our country and are serving our country. It was first known as Armistice Day. It was celebrated on November 11th because that was the day, as I said a moment ago, that was agreed upon by the Allied nations in Germany to begin a total cessation of hostilities in World War I. In fact, the guns and artillery went silent on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918. About 20 million people from both sides had lost their lives in that war. It was horrific. Today we honor those who have and are serving our country, defending our faith and our freedoms. From that first Armistice Day to today's Veterans Day, however, the face of the enemy has changed, but the need to fight and defend has not. 
I want to talk to you, talk to you a little bit about some of those changes. The enemy within, as well as the enemy without. But let's take a little, just a quick look at the history. When Washington politicians decided to change the dates of holidays to give federal government employees predictable three-day weekends through the 1968 Uniform Monday Holiday Act, that's what it was called, they moved the dates of celebration of President's Day, formerly Washington's birthday. You remember all that when we were kids growing up? I mean, Washington had his own birthday and Lincoln had his own birthday and so on. Well, as you know, that all changed in the course of human events, as they say. So anyway, when they were changing all of this stuff to, you know, we have Memorial Day, we have Labor Day, we have Columbus Day and President's Day and all that. They were met with such opposition from veterans about changing the date of their holiday, Veterans Day, today, that the politicians backed off. Apparently, the politicians had forgotten that Veterans Day was first known as Armistice Day and was celebrated on November 11th because that was the day agreed upon by the Allied Nations in Germany. Veterans Day would not be diminished as another commercially oriented floating holiday but remain a sacred and fixed day tied to history and to the it was intended to celebrate the valor and the sacrifice that's embodied in the veterans of foreign wars there is a growing concern today about the veterans they are under attack oh not from russia or china at least not yet but there is an attack that is rotting the very core of our military. And it is military people that are speaking out, not non-military so much. Scott Powell is a senior fellow at Discovery Institute. His latest book, he's written several of them, but his latest book is titled Rediscovering America. It's been the number one new release in the history category for eight straight weeks at Amazon. I want to talk to you a little bit about what Scott wrote in his book. I think most of us are familiar with the Discovery Institute. They've done great work over the last number of years. But he's expressing deep concern on this Veterans Day for our present-day military. He says, while veterans remain one of the most patriotic groups in America, there's great concern, even alarm, that the politicizing of America's armed forces that started in the Obama years has now again accelerated and metastasized into nothing short of a betrayal of the military by the powers behind the Biden administration. It's interesting how, as we look at this day, as we look at what it means, what it has meant, and how we, how we look to our military for protection from the very founding of this nation. We have begun to build a military. It was the military, the Continental Army, that fought the greatest military power on the planet and won in the Revolutionary War. The military has always been the highest and the most important function of service in our nation. It's interesting how that that rot that would attack our culture would also attack 
our military. And as I said, this, these are not people on the outside looking in, talking about what's wrong inside the military. It's people within the military expressing deep concern over what's going on, what's being taught, what's being demanded in our military institutions. I felt it was appropriate to talk a little bit about that today. There's so much that we could say on a day like this, but perhaps we should be informed because we could then best pray for our military personnel, our family members, our friends, those whom we know and the millions we don't know who serve this country. Today is Veterans Day. Powell says in his book, President Joe Biden is directly responsible for the worst, most humiliating, damaging defeat in the history of American warfare. That's true. He said the shocking and disgraceful U.S. departure from Afghanistan starting in August 15, 2021. He said the botched U.S. retreat resulted in the death of 13 Marines. It did. With many more injured, he said it left behind to enemy hands, several hundred Americans, some $80 billion of military hardware. Much of it was state-of-the-art. He said that included Black Hawk helicopters, thousands of Humvees, armored vehicles, and countless numbers of assault rifles, enough to arm dozens of terrorist groups all over the world, whose primary target is the U.S. and its allies. He said because of these results were completely avoidable, Many see Biden's decisions that brought about this disaster as calculated and deliberate, as if to help the enemies. Powell continues, he said, the immediate effect caused longstanding allies to distrust the United States and it emboldened our enemies. Indeed, within a few months of America's abandonment of Afghanistan, communist China completed its takeover of Hong Kong, while Vladimir Putin accelerated his military buildup for the invasion of Ukraine. That is true. We know it's true. There's also a growing concern for the children of our military. Educators, administrators, running K-12 through education in, in America's military bases, they're indoctrinating the children of military. The personnel are being taught a radical gender ideology, critical race theory, left-wing activism. In a new Claremont investigative uh, report, they documented a great deal of that, and I have written an article on that today. It's in faithandfreedom.us, our, our website. And I've sourced what I'm talking about today, and you can look at it, you can see and I've, I've sourced how they're indoctrinating, who's indoctrinating, where they're doing so. And I've also sourced this new Claremont Institute investigative report. You can click on it and go and you can read the whole thing if you'd like. It's fairly extensive, but you can certainly look at it and glance, glance at some of the highlights of it. It's concerning. It's deeply concerning. As we pray for and remember our veterans, we should also remember their children because their children are under the same attack that you, your children and, or grandchildren and mine are under and or would be in public schools. This is not exempt in the military community and complex of America. This development at military-run schools tracks broader 
uh, this investigative report says, broader trends in American education. In recent months, Chris Rufo, it's a familiar name. I've quoted him often on this program. He's exposed the rampant woke indoctrination occurring in our nation's K-12 through schools with striking examples from Los Angeles, Portland, San Diego. I've talked about that on this program. Well, now they're saying in this Claremont Institute report, is saying that that the 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 kids of the of our veterans and those who are serving their kids are being taught this same thing within the military complex on the basis where these kids go to school and so on so there is concern today for the children there's also concern for our cadets in 2020 rod dreyer He wrote about the creeping woke rot at America's oldest military academy. I want to share a a bit of what he wrote and more so what a cadet wrote to him just a couple of years ago. Dreyer had received this email from an alum, the United States Military Academy at West Point. The email said in part, as a West Point graduate, he was the class of 2017, this guy, and Dreyer didn't include his name in his article just to protect the person because he's in the military. He said, I thought I should bring this to your attention as yet another example of the madness that's afflicting our country's elite classes. He said, he said this needs to be known, but there are, there's pe- penalties for speaking publicly about it. I put, again, a source to this from Dreyer about, I mean, it's in depth, and there's a lot there, and I'm not going to cover it all today. But, again, faithandfreedom.us, you'll see this article. You can go to this. You can look some of this up because it is alarming, and it almost sounds like an overstatement. It's not. Unfortunately, I wish it were, but it's not. Let me give you just a brief overview of what this cadet, former cadet, now a service person, man, man, I presume, told Rod Dreyer. In the in the email, this leader outlines how cadets are not only being indoctrinated, but are being trained to become leaders in social indoctrination. This is our military. This is West Point. He shares some detail and background explanation. The faculty at West Point is probably the most conservative of any public university in the country, he says. I can attest to the academic openness and respect for free debate during my time at the school. He was a student there, a cadet, from 2013 to 2017. Now he's in full service. The student body, he said, is or was generally conservative in an institutional sense. He said there are not right... They're not right-wing fire breathers. <laughs> Cadets are, were pretty evenly divided about Donald Trump's election. He said, from what I could observe, so was the faculty. He describes how he is now seen at the academy. He says the cream of the crop among the Army's future leaders, the guys and the gals, I'm quoting him, who are expected to lead America's sons and daughters in combat, are being groomed with a woke philosophy. In his words, he says this, It is an effort by young leaders in the United States Army to force the academy to bow to the woke cult and make anti-racism, CRT, the central feature of the academy's curriculum. This policy statement was apparently drafted by a group of recent Army graduates 
classes of 2018 and 2019. This is still in effect, by the way. I continue, though, quote, These graduates all came from the top tier of the ranks of the Academy's cadet leaders. Two recent valedictorians and first captains signed this manifesto. Others in the past, first captains include Douglas MacArthur, John Pershing, William C. Westmoreland. They are among the greats of the past. But the other cadets all held high-ranking positions within the Corps of Cadets. They're the cream of the crop of the Army's future leaders, the guys, the gals that will become generals one day and will be expected to lead America's sons and daughters in combat. The actions are akin to those of the Red Guards, he says, of the Mao's China. He said they're agitating to tear the academy apart from the ground up and reorient its mission around anti-racism. The fact that our country's future leaders believe in this nonsense is a sign that our military is in trouble and cannot be relied upon either to defend our country or to safeguard the interests of all Americans in the performance of their duties. This is coming from a, a loyal veteran who serves. He notes that the rot of wokeness that's decaying our culture has also infiltrated our military structure. This former cadet, now veteran, service, active, he said, we have not been tested against a real enemy in many generations. When we are leaders, including the top brass who are pushing the wokeness, he says not all of them are doing that, but some are. But he said there is that element within the body of West Point that are now demanding it even of their superiors, and their superiors are bowing down to the wokeness because they don't want to be labeled as racist. This former cadet says, We have not been tested against a real enemy in many generations. When we are leaders, including the top brass who are pushing the wokeness or allowing it, like this, will not be able to stand in the field of battle. He doesn't say this. He doesn't say this in a sense uh, or a spirit of, of, of merely being contrary or upset at the military. It's, it's from a heart of concern. I read it carefully, his words. I read all of them. And there's much more that I'm sharing today, just for the sake of time. But you can read its entirety on our website, faithandfreedom.us. I sourced this as well. It's a 40-page formal proposal that has come from these leading cadets among the leader, the leaders of the leaders in the cadets at West Point. It's a comprehensive review of what they believe, what they want our, our nation to become, and what they want our military to become because of the indoctrination that has been put into their heads and their hearts over time. These are some of the concerns that people within the military have for our own military and our veterans. I thought about this. I gave it a lot of thought before I even talked about it today because I would rather just talk about the positive and because there is so much that's so positive. It's so great about what our... Our soldiers, our airmen, our Navy, our Marines, what they've done for America. Within my own family, I have uncles and so on that have served and, and fought the wars. And, but through scores of generations of our military warriors, America has known the enemy. 
how to identify it. We understood as Americans, we understood Hitler and what he was trying to do. We've understood the other despots who have started the wars. We've got Putin now attacking Ukraine and, and all of this. We understand war in that context. We understand that the enemy is, is this guy or this group or whatever. That began to change a little bit when al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden and all of his network and all of these guys started attacking America on 9-11, attack with those planes that were hijacked and so on. It began to, we began to learn some things. We were, we were innocent at the time. We never thought that someone would take it, at least us common folk out here didn't think, that someone would just take an airliner and they would run it into a building and attack America in that way. We never thought of that until it happened, for the most part. So it began to change, but now there is this enemy within that is so devastating. It is to the military what it was to the Roman Republic and what it is becoming to the American Republic. How will we stand against this? I think our veterans, our veterans who are loyal to this country and who love this country, and there are millions of them, I think they need our support now more than ever before. Our sons and daughters who join our fighting forces today not only face the threat of foreign enemies that can be defined, but they now face the enemy within. Today, today we need to remember those who gave their lives to our, to our country, who preserved our freedoms. But we also must remember in prayer those who fight for freedom and, and country today as they face this enemy also this enemy from within, an enemy our military fathers and grandfathers never faced on American soil. Today, our veterans are facing, their children are facing in schools within the military complex, cultural Marxism, wokeness, as we've come to call it. They are standing against this. They're standing for America there are a few who lead this, as this guy pointed out to Dreyer. But for the most part, the cadets, the military, those who are serving, they love our country. That's why they're doing it. They love freedom. They want to protect our freedom of religion, our freedom to live and to pursue happiness and live out the dream of America. Veterans Day is a time to remember the living and the dead who have fought for our country and our God-given freedom and liberty. President Ronald Reagan said, We remember those who were called upon to give all a person can give, and we remember those who were prepared to make that sacrifice if it were de de uh, demanded of them in the line of duty, though it never was. Most of all, we remember the devotion and the gallantry with which all of them ennobled this, their nation as they became champions of a noble cause. At Gettysburg, Abraham Lincoln said, the brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it. Far above our poor power to add or detract, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Pray for our military. If you see one, see a veteran, thank them. But pray for them and their children and their families.
Hey, thanks for being with me today on this Veterans Day, and thank you for your support. We need it right now, and I thank you for it. I know you understand. I'll leave you with that. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.